What's good? Johan Francis CSCS, remember me? <laughs> and this right here is Ego Killer. Inside the gym flow, outside in life doing your thing. And look, it's been a long time since I've been able to be really consistent, so I appreciate you guys listening in. And I hope in the interim you guys have been doing amazing, all right? I hope that without the nuggets of information that you can get from Ego Killer Show, that you've still been able to add, all right, and build on your physical life. Inside the gym where I meet a lot of you guys, which we'll talk about today, the first thing that we're going to talk about is how much weightlifting have you done? And you need to be able to lift weights to some degree inside life. And most of you probably have done a little bit of, of weightlifting because you've had PE classes or some type of homie excursion where you guys went to the gym, you started lifting weights, something like that. Me, personally, weightlifting, in my mind, has been a lot like hockey or baseball, right? Or, or um, picking up or cheering for your favorite, rooting for your favorite teams, right? Or learning, learning a trade. An arcane trade, like how to like chisel wood or sew or something like this. These weightlifting is a lot like those endeavors because weightlifting is an inheritable skill set. It's an inheritable skill set for the most part. Someone had to introduce it to you in order for you to get going on how to do it and knowing how to do it. And it's something that you will practice and hone throughout your entire life. But was there a time that you should not be weightlifting? So there are times where you want to be taking a pause on your weightlifting. There's never going to be a time where you stop completely. I've heard of people who are very good athletes who do stop completely. If you ask me personally, you should not stop completely. You should only take breaks. But when are we going to take the, the, the breaks that we need from our weightlifting? Well, we're going to talk about those four instances. Weightlifting, if it wasn't introduced to you by somebody else, you had to go and discover it for yourself. Obviously because you needed to get back into shape or you needed to lose weight. Those are the only kind of broad scale umbrella reasons that you're going to walk up in here and decide, I'm going to move that iron from this position into another more uncomfortable position back to its original position where gravity and the world was a happier place and my muscles didn't burn. If you decide to move iron attached to more iron in an underworldly orbit just just to acclimatize your muscles to to the strengthening aspect the ripping and tearing you're going to have a reason behind it of course and that right there is weightlifting it usually has to do with getting back into shape or losing weight over time you only get better at it for a number of reasons a number of reasons that start you know at the cellular level and and right between the ears which is the motivation that you have for doing it everything in between is a reason for you to keep active with your weightlifting it is a practice you get stronger the more you do it you enervate more motor units the more you work specific movement patterns and on and on and on how often you do it means not just that you'll get better at it quicker but you'll also get adapted to it more i'm going to pitch this to you guys all right when is it an appropriate time for you to kick back on lifting weights or do you treat this thing like dr dre remember when dr dre did the interview a few years back and he said like i think when his movie straight out compton came out he did that and he's like oh there's only been two days since like 1982 where i haven't been in the studio <laughs> Literally every day that the sun is up in the sky, this man is in the studio and has been for like 30 years straight, right? 
Is that like how you guys practice your weightlifting? Are you more of the binge type where you weightlift extremely hard for two months and then you're out of the gym for two months? What type of weightlifting should you do? Know this, right? That that thing is taxing on the body too. So you'll actually have to find time to take ebbs and flows inside your weightlifting. I, again, will attest that you should never really stop. Maybe you're someone like me. For me, it was always kind of a lifestyle thing. When I was a kid and I started watching wrestling, I was watching WWF at the time, and you're watching WWF and you're watching these dudes, all dudes, all men, you're watching these really muscle-bound muscle sharks toss each other around with all the histrionics of a soap opera doing the thing. And it's amazing to a young mind, right? And so that's the first introduction. And then I started, and when I moved here, I got in, I fell in love with football. And I started to learn what those guys had to do in the offseason. And then a lot of my friends got deep into bodybuilding. And so they're starting to read magazine after magazine after magazine with these with these Vitruvian muscle-bound vascular specimens on the front. And I'm learning about Mr. Olympia. And to me, then learning to play football, weightlifting had to become a part of my lifestyle steez. Mine, some of my friends that were athletic and playing like contact sports, you get into the high school age, it's part of the lifestyle. You go to, when I got signed up, for the gym, you got the personal trainers up in there that tell you, yo, here's where you start. That's where you go for your weightlifting. It's all about weightlifting. Nobody tells you that, hey, you're going to have to not even go into the weight room at all. It's always like the the epicenter of the gym where all the activity is, where all the voyeurism is, where all the good stuff is right up in there with all the other iron, right? All the other wheels, all the rubber. It's in the weight room. It's in the weight room. And so everybody, everybody has some experience or has to adopt some type of experience with the weight room. And so for me, potentially, again, I'm just going to use my story as an example. And I want you guys to actively think about how you've adopted a relationship with the weight room. For me, as I got older, I realized like I had to be in the weight room. And then, of course, this is in the uh, mid-90s and late-90s and there's nothing more in vogue than looking aesthetically pleasing to the eye because you have muscles on top of muscles, man, woman, whatever. Being really muscular was the equivalent of being in great health, right? The two were inexorable. You were freaking when lifting weights is because you were thinking health consciously about your life. You were also the person that ate like just raw carrots, raw eggs, and like broccoli on everything. Like that was you. And still the two are actually conflated. The idea that you're living this wholly healthy lifestyle and lifting weights. Of course, in recent years, maybe less so, but over time, the message of why you should work out, it always got kind of diluted because we conflate people who are really muscularly strong with these unrealistic patterns of staying actually really healthy. But I must let you know that this was what happened in the 90s. It was just if you lift weights, you're really, 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 really healthy. So I decided, me and a lot of my friends that were really active in contact sports, again, this was going to be our lifestyle. It became a lifestyle. And over time, you're continuing to build on that craft of weightlifting, right? For most, though, you have to incorporate it into your life. For me, I never realized that there were people out there that just did not because I was so indoctrinated in it. 
lift weights at all until I got into the college years, right up until a few years ago, like five years ago, where I would meet people inside the fighting gyms who were doing Muay Thai or kickboxing. In fact, I remember one guy in particular, too. It was this dude. Um, he was uh, this Nigerian guy. And he every time this man kicked me or anybody else, right, it even if you block his kick, it still hurt. Every time he kicked you, it hurt. Even when he was pulling back, it hurt. He had perfect form. He was strong as an ox. He had muscles popping out of muscles, right? Just straight up he did. And every time that you threw something back at him, he'd find a way to, like, grab your arm. He would trap. He's very skilled is what I'm trying to say and physically strong at what he did, right? This guy was dope. I really respected it. And I was like, man, I remember I went up to him talking about it afterwards. I was like, Man, today I had a good practice, but, man, my back is a little stiff. He's like, oh, that's because you lift weights. And I go, yeah, don't you? Like, what are you talking about? And like, no, nah, I stopped lifting weights over two years ago. I'm like, what? My guy was cock diesel. He was diesel, and here he was kicking and striking me and other people who were diesel, making an impact, and he didn't even lift weights. I'm, I, I couldn't believe it. And it, to me, it was just another example of the fact that either you take breaks from this thing we call weight training and weightlifting to some degree, or why is there a reason to stop, right, which we are going to investigate here, and the fact that you don't really have to achieve maximum fitness inside of the gym and inside your life, more importantly, right, because what we do inside the gym, we carry outside. So... To achieve maximum physical potential, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be lifting weights. But if you do, and if you are now, because you just love it, right? If you just love it, you love the feeling, you love to push, you love how really physically overall strong you can get because you love it, well, do it because you love it. And you don't stop for nothing. You're constantly in the gym looking for gains. But the facts are this, right? No cap. Most of you, most of us, are in the space where we need to take long-term breaks or some of us might even actually have to stop for a while. All right? Here's why. Number one, if whatever you're into on a daily basis requires that you have a more than average level of flexibility, well, your weightlifting is going to have to shift in another direction. All right? Your weightlifting is going to have to shift in another direction. Weightlifting makes your muscles tighter. The response that you get from a tight muscle that's being put under a load that is at a disadvantageous angle for your body means your body goes, oh shit, I better recruit more muscle tissue around this joint angle to drive this iron in the opposite direction, right? To drive this, you know, XYZ in the opposite direction. Maybe you're going to the store and you bought a bunch of bags of dog food or you're doing what I like to do, which is grab seven bags of laundry at once in one hand or whatever it might be for efficiency's sake. Whenever you put heavy load on those muscle tissues, the responding tissues around the area decide, hey, it's time for us to get into action. It's time for us to get into action. You guys remember the show um, Jersey Shore? Right, the cabs are here. Right, <laughs> when there's heavy demand on the muscle at a specific joint angle, that's when those muscle tissues that are under stress 
decide the cabs are here and start rallying all the troops to jump in those cabs. That muscle starts rallying all the surrounding muscle to recruit. And you need that. That's muscle building. That's strength training. That's what it'll do. But if you're inside the space where you're running a lot, okay, you're running a lot. You're a competitive runner. You're an obstacle course runner. If you're on the bike a lot, if you're inside the climbing gyms, right, you guys do that bouldering, right? If you're in those spaces, you're going to have to kick back on that weightlifting. There is a happy compromise that happens when you use kettlebells. Sometimes you need extra mobility and less global overall hard strength to do that. And that's why me personally, I love the swingy shit, the kettlebells. But that's number one. If you need a disproportionate amount of flexibility to do more of your, I don't know, maybe you're doing that vinyasa practice, right? Maybe that's your thing, right? Maybe if you're grappling a lot, you need more isometric strength. You need more bursty cardiovascular um, endurance power. Power endurance, I think, would be what someone like Joel Jameson, the strength coach, would call that. That is where you are going to have to stop lifting weights or sacrifice it. So at that point, you're probably only going to lift weights for 25 minutes twice a week, 50 minutes a week, and that's it. You would actually spend more time doing compound movements more than anything, right? Your chest presses, your overhead presses, that's you, all right? Number two, let's say you've built enough muscle, and you don't need to put on extra muscle, extra weight, extra mass. If that's the case, then guess what? You don't actually have to be out here lifting weights all the time. There are people like my guy. Charles that I was just talking about right now. Charles would again, he would kick me in and it felt like I got hit by like a ton like a, a swarm of bees just came up on me and hit me right quick and I didn't know where, you know, one of those bees took off. It stung me and left. That's what like his kicks were all the time. And the man had to be lifting weights in my previous story. Charles, my guy, he had to be lifting weights. He was strong. Nope, not at all. Right? It goes back to number one, the activity, Muay Thai at that time, kickboxing. That required more flexibility and mobility. More ending, uh, ending ranges had to be achieved more so than your ability to push through those end ranges. Right, So you need more mobility. You need more flexibility. That's actually a huge cornerstone of strength in general. But he didn't get to that spot. Just by being physically naturally strong. He probably at some point lifted weights a lot. And there is a graduation, I feel like, when it comes to that. Now, look. A lot of my friends who grew up lifting weights still lift weights. Because, again, it feels really, really good. Some of them were competitive um, in the in the world of bodybuilding. And so they do it as a practice. Right? I mean, even The Rock, you know, say what you want. Even The Rock is out here still lifting weights. Um, like he's, you know, a, a, a four-star recruit at, at the U <laughs> to this day, right? He's turning up the music really, really loud. Stuff like that. And you can still get that in, you know? You, you still should if you love it. But if you put on enough muscle over time, then you don't need to be in here lifting weights. Number three, you've suffered a catastrophic injury. Even though, what is he, like nine times? Ronnie Coleman, how many Mr. Olympias? Eight or nine? Even though he totally disagrees and he's suffered numerous catastrophic surgeries 
and corrective surgeries. He still lifts weights in any mechanism he can, right? He's over here with the walker, but then he'll get off and sit down on the leg curl machine and still do his leg curls. Why? Because his legs feel good today. Everything else feels like absolute garbage, and his body is hurting him, but his legs feel good, so he's going to lift legs, and there is a sense of honor to that, right? But physically, not really the best idea, but you can't tell that man anything about that. That's the extreme end. But if you personally have had catastrophic injury or if you have kind of an inoperable reoccurring you know group of tears uh, you've torn labrum labra you're constantly tearing the same muscles around rotator or hip joints things like that you're not lifting weights you're not lifting weights you're not lifting weights Everybody else, though, go ahead and get after it. But if you've had catastrophic injury or inoperable recurring injury, you're not lifting weights. And the reason is it goes back to what we talked about with number one, which is to generate maximum tension around certain muscle groups. Corresponding or adjacent muscle groups have to be recruited in a specific joint angle or movement pattern, which means you need to put that thing through just you know a a near painful range of motion or barely barely operational range of motion you need to get the heaviest weight you can sustain down on a bench press down towards your chest and be able to hold that thing up just long enough so that the rest of your chest muscles can recruit muscle that's the position you have to put yourself in in order to recruit more muscle mass and engage in a weightlifting regimen. If you have catastrophic injury, you're not going to get all that recruitment. You're not going to get all that callback. Those muscles that are under tension are going to be like, yo, the cabs are here and everyone's going to look away. <laughs> in my previous kind of example. In other words, when you put that catastrophically injured movement pattern or compensated movement pattern under stress for overload where it's supposed to respond progressively and recruit other musculature around it it will fail and it will keep failing until the actual joint of the joint angle that you're trying to move starts to fail and then you're just not moving very good in life and if that happens that becomes it cascades from there right it cascades we don't need to cascade with it but it cascades and that's not what you want Inoperable recurring injury of those nagging injuries that near you almost want surgery for, but you don't need it. Those things, you are taking time off from weightlifting. You are not weightlifting. You are using your heat. You're doing your body weight. That's what you're doing. And last reason that you should stop lifting, right, is if you're training hardcore for endurance, if you're doing endurance racing, endurance running, long-term trail runs, and long, long hikes, and you're doing this, not competitively, but you're doing it on a really regular basis, you're not lifting weights. In fact, you're probably only doing that thing about one time per week. The type of weights that you are training, you're going to do your high reps. You're going to do your high reps with the low type of weight. That's what you're doing. Because we talked about it before, CoachJohanCSCS.com. For all these programs and more insight, but we talked about it. Them two things don't like each other. Endurance. Um, um, excuse me, endurance, activity, and power 
slash strength type energy system weightlifting. They don't like each other. They oftentimes will go against each other or one will inhibit the growth of the other. Okay, so number one, let's go over it again. If you require a disproportionate amount of flexibility and mobility, you're going to pause for a long time on the gains you achieve. Number two, if you've built enough muscle, how are you going to tell if you built enough muscle for whatever gets you, you know, get your activity level going? Well, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. I think in um, large order, we thought that there was a diminishing return in how much muscle you can build. And I think in recent years, there has been proven that there is not diminishing returns. In other words, if you are really, you want to be a baseball pitcher. This is the classic example. If you wanted to be a baseball pitcher, or you wanted to be really good at tennis, right? It was like, yo, don't lift weights. Don't lift weights. If you like um, bouldering or hiking, you don't need to lift weights, right? Because that's just going to make you bulky. And such bad advice, right? But that's what we really believed. That's what really the intuit idea of weightlifting as it pertained to sport up until like the 90s was just like bulky muscle bad because you move weird when you have it. Not that we're talking about efficiency centers that donate lots of efficient truncated energy packets, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to your movement patterns. No, no, no. It was literally, there's a reason why, like, Arnold <laughs> would be a terrible, like, marathon runner because his legs would rub together too much or something. It was like that. That was a, just a f bad, bad, bad mechanical argument and a short-sighted one, you know? But we want to build enough muscle. And you can know... Again, this is what we're talking about is how do we know that we build the muscle? We know that we've built enough muscle. For one, if you go to my website, coachyoncsys.com, you're going to find my strength standards, and my standards will have a gauge that you guys can follow. So you look at that gauge. You say, oh, I know how to I do this. This is my weight. This is how much I should be squatting, uh, overhead pressing, uh, bench pressing, and deadlifting. All right? And if you hit all four of those, you probably more than likely, and I mean to a high, high degree, put on just enough muscle for your frame as you hit those strength-to-weight ratios, all right? That's the first thing. Um, how do you know that you put on enough muscle? You want to make sure that your joint mobility is protected so that you still have active mobility around joints, but that they're strong. So you have strength throughout, you know, Occupationally, if you're at your desk and you have to spin around a lot or you're jumping about your car a lot, maybe you're whatever it is that you do in an occupational way, your joints don't hurt. You literally can move really well all the time and strongly as you move. So there's no weakness in your movements. All right. That's the second way that you could tell that you have built enough muscle. Or if you kick people, and no matter if you're trying to take steam off your kicks, it still hurts them. Uh, number three, catastrophic injury. You ain't lifting for a while, for a long while. You're focusing on body weight and rehab. And number four, if you're looking for that endurance gains, because that tends to butt right up against the gains of endurance activity and strength. They butt up against each other in a negative way and impede each other's growth. So you want to pick one over the other. All right. That's it. That's it for today. Otherwise, you are constantly looking for more improvements. 
and pushing gains. All right. Maybe, maybe what we talked about today, maybe what we talked about today stops you from lifting weights super hard for a long time as you heal your body. Maybe, however, it does the opposite. Maybe you listen to those four and you're like, oh, wait, I can go even harder inside the weight room. And that right there is a big victory. All right. Because maybe you just learned that there's no reason to give it up and you have nothing but time and effort to do the thing. All right. So that's what I want. And that's where I'll stop for today. Let me know on the website by filling out the form if you did the thing and how it went for you. CoachYohanCSCS.com. And then you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate if you like. And yes, I hope this one finds keeps you active and make sure that you continue to have a good month, a good week. Keep setting your goals higher and higher. All right. Till the next one. Thanks for listening.